Suppress the truth and cover our eyes Mine over wine I looked at the system and made that divide Now I am the guide Guided by others from the path of the sheep Running with wolves Now let this wolf speak Thank God it's all trapped And that is a fact They know what we're doing with a touch screen of map They poison our food that we feed to a seeds Destroying the world all over greed They take what we need And then they sell it all back Cause they cause all these droughts And the prices get jacked But then they say Go ahead and buy the new hat It's control at its worst But we let them do that Can someone please tell me Why I waited so long I have been searching For this feeling too long All that I know is I'm looking for true love I can't song on RazRadioLive.com. Follow one man's journey down the never-ending rabbit hole to find out what the truth is. All I'm offering is the truth. Scott Ledger is your distinguished host for Dangerous Conversation. Give Scott a call at 941-421-0401. No matter what side of the fence you are on, he'll talk to you 
Everyone from Tucker Carlson Take some mushrooms and squeegee your third fucking eye To Waterhead from the LRWS Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out Thomas, what drugs have you done? Give me a list You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any Dangerous Conversation Every Tuesday evening at 8pm On RazRadioLive.com The simple power of truth he would know what's best for me and my family because he's a doctor. So we all got blue shots. <laughs> Did you know the vitamins and nutrients are be illegal? In the year 2010, if we don't awaken the sheeple, these globalists are murderers. They're about to hook it up. Codex Alimentarius, baby, look it up. They spray you from the sky like roaches. Does it shock you? Don't worry, they got a pill for you. Ask your doctor. Are your legs restless? Are you shy? Forget the side effects. Not that many people die. Genetically modified foods are the bomb. They gave lab rats cancer, but please don't be alarmed. Soon GMO foods will be a staple. The only thing you'll be able to put on your kitchen table. Their own documents have shown no food shall be grown and monsanto don't own worldwide there ain't nowhere to run thank the world trade organization and international monetary fund we the sheeple of america 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 simply the sheeple of america we the sheeple of america Plus, so the world's wealthiest people meet every June to see to it their plan is complete. Prime ministers, presidents, billionaires, CEOs, international bankers, C3POs, also known as the young psychopaths who fawn over their elders and give them charts and graphs, pondering how to reduce the population, injecting our boys and girls with poisonous inoculations. Yum, yum, mercury's good, at least the news will tell you that, and they certainly should, cause they're owned by the CFR, but who cares about the Royal Institute of International Affairs? Jerry Springer's on, yeah, two transvestites are about the fist fight. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're making plans for the order of the new world, about to send the lambs to the slaughter. You think they care about 3,000 American men, women, and children? They about to kill a couple billion. If you're in the dark, my friend, you might despise my words, but you had the wool pulled over your eyes. We the sheeple of America, America, America. We the sheeple of America. We the sheeple of America. Collectively in a trance, we like to dance and make romance to psychopaths. Say hello to your new puppet, Barack Hussein Obama. The president don't run a thing, my dear. You can stick an intelligent orangutan in there. It wouldn't mean a daggone thing. You're owned by Goldman Sachs. Get on your knees and kiss the queen's big ring. They took away your vision with bling. And in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is always king. In other words, they got the republic by the throat. Your vote don't count because they count the votes. They'll never tell you where you're headed, you nerd. The good shepherd never sharpens his knives in front of the herd. That's why you keep your head down, grazing in the grass. But before you know it, now you're in a whole nother pasture. They keep you sucking on a stack of rented ass for a team. It's eating your brain with a disaster. Glued to the tube to see what your favorite star's doing. The corporate news is faker than a cartoon. Even Justin Falutana said you're just a nation of sheep. Some get slaughtered, some get fleeced. <laughs> we the sheep of America. America, America, we the sheep of America. 
attention, brothers and sisters. Take a look around. We are killing the future. There is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more.
All right, here we go. I hope you're all ready. It is Tuesday, December 8th, 2015. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. It's been a great week. You know, I, I like to start off talking about the week and how great of a week it's been. I had four toed down this week. We, we got to work on the on the, the audio. We're hoping that it sounds a lot better than it's been. Uh, you guys out there, give me some reports. It's been a it's been a it's been a long road getting this radio this audio down the way we want it. That's the way it works sometimes. Since I spoke to you last, we had the uh, San Bernardino shooting. Uh, I don't even know where to go with that one. That one's a uh, very questionable, very very questionable. But hey, you never know. This could really just happen, right? Of course, we've had uh, the Paris meetings. A lot of climate change stuff coming around. All different things we'll we'll discuss. For those of you joining right now, we got Jack Blood. He'll be uh, jumping on board with me in about eh, 10 minutes or so. About quarter after, he'll be coming on to, to help me really dive into the to the, to the shooting in San Bernardino. And I sat here and I listened to the audio as it was happening on the police scanners. One of the first times, actually the first time I've ever done that during a live uh, event like that. And I got to say it was interesting. Uh, watching that or listening to that and then following along on the news in the background at the same time. You you notice some of the differences of what they're reporting or how they're reporting it uh, compared to what they're saying is actually going on, which is kind of weird to see that, to see that things aren't lining up to what they're saying and how I'm hearing it happen. So Jack Blood and I will dive into that. Like I said, I've got a bunch of different things for after Jack leaves. Uh, he'll probably stick around with us to about 7 o'clock. And I am going to really, really pry into his mind uh, as to where he's standing. You know, there's three key signs to look for when you when you have a false flag. So was this a false flag or was this, you know? Well, I, we'll get into that later. Let's talk about the weekend real fast because I did. I had a really good time this weekend. Uh, let, let's do the light, pleasant conversation to begin with. How about that? So we went to uh, a beer festival on Saturday. Uh, Lexi, Fortoed, myself. It was kind of neat having the whole first 52 crew together, drinking beer and having fun. Uh, so we get there, and it's, it's at the sports park right up the road from us. And we, we had our driver drop us off. My mother, nice of her, she was taking the kids Christmas shopping, so... Why not drop us off? Uh, we got in there and we had a good time, man. There's so many good beers and it's amazing. Um, the, these brewers and and uh, the guys out there representing them, great group of people. Uh, Fat Point Brewery down here in, in Punta Gorda and uh, the Charlotte Stone Crabs, which is a minor league baseball team. They put the event together. And I look forward to the next one. But I will say that we will have a driver again. <laughs> you, you don't realize how scary a two-ounce cup can be until you're, you know, 40, 50, 60 of them deep uh, over a few-hour period of time because uh, that, that's how it goes down, man. You uh, you get in there and you just you don't even realize how much you're drinking, how much you're putting away. But part of the reasons I'm in the craft beers is because you know they tend to be a little healthier for you, shall we say. You know, there's not as many stupid chemicals. Um, you know, they don't use GMO rice as you get with a lot of the, the other beers out there. Thanks, Wayne. Got your t- tweet there. Sounds like we might have got it dialed in right. So that's part of the reason that's pushed me over to drinking these craft beers is the whole 
fact of the matter that they're healthier for you. I'm not going to stop drinking beer. I mean, I enjoy beer. Why would I want to stop drinking beer? So I'm going to continue to drink my craft beers, I guess is what it comes down to. I, I, yes, I did look over at the chat room, and it, it always messes me up every time I do that, the Jack Blood chat room. I look over there, and I get distracted. You know, we're going to get into the OPEC, what's OPEC doing with oil and how they're doing it. We're going to get into gun control conversation after we get through the evaluation of, of what happened there. Some health stuff for you. I'm just kind of scanning through the tabs here, uh, giving you an idea of, of where my mind is tonight. You know, sometimes it's uh, you don't know where you're going to go. You, know, you have so many different things you want to talk about. We're going to get into Russia, some climate change. I think I said that. Uh, some, some really funny information of, of why things get locked down. Some police news, a little bit. We won't get into that. And then I'm going to wrap it up tonight. I think we're going to get into Generation Crybaby. Why millennials are an effing joke. But we're going to hold that one till later. That's a really neat read. Um I don't know. Maybe the second hour will take some phone calls, uh, see what you guys are thinking out there, see how you're feeling about uh, the events that have happened. It's really hard a lot of times to determine where you're going to stand with these things, with these events that happen all the time. And we're going to get into what exactly is a, a mass shooting. These are the, That's something we're definitely going to do with Jack. Uh, he should be calling here in a couple minutes, and we're going to go right into to getting into all about that. And we'll, we'll catch up with Jack first. I know a lot of you out there, especially on the blood side, are probably like, man, what's going on with Jack? How's he doing? So we'll get an update on, on Jack's uh, situation, and then we'll get into the, the topics at hand. Uh, the Bill Nye. I can't wait to play that one. That just made me laugh when I when I... When I heard Bill Nye trying to blame everything on global warming, it's all global warming's fault. What you should know about apple cider vinegar. How about that? Let's start there while we're, while we're waiting on Jack. This is a quick, uh, easy read. This is something that a lot of you out there probably already know about. I'm hoping newer people are hearing this information for the first time. I drink apple cider vinegar uh, whenever I get a chance to. i got to get some more. Uh, but another thing I'll use in place of that is, is uh, pickle juice. You know, it's still got a lot of the same properties. I know there's some antioxidants from the apple and different things like that. But, I, you know, I drink a lot of pickle juice, and it, it helps. It, it helps increase that alkalinity, and it, it it does some positive for you by doing it. So this is a, basically a opt-ed, I guess we could call it. I take two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar every day, and the results have been nothing short of amazing. My skin looks 100 times better, softer, smoother, glowing. I have more energy. My digestion is improved. Whenever I take a shot of it, I feel immediately immediate energy. So how do I do it, and what does it taste like? Well, first, I don't do it straight. I did that a few times, but it felt too harsh. Now, I like vinegar, so I, I, I like to drink my vinegar straight. I know it's not always great for you, as it says here. Some reports indicate that such a high level of uh, condensed acidity may not be a good way to take it. Still many do, but it isn't for me. I simply take a glass of water and put two tablespoons full or two, two tablespoons of it into the water. Then I drink it. Makes sense, right? And you you really should um, consider doing this. And, and the uh, the water bottles, that'll increase the pH of your water. Um, I'm hoping for one of those for Christmas. I know it's on my Christmas list. I know my wife knows about it. So hopefully uh, we'll have a nice 
pH bottle for me to be using uh, with all the water I drink while I'm working because that's a positive. I've watched it. It helps somebody here in my apartment complex just off of a suggestion by me. Now, why don't you try getting one of those bottles or, or add some baking soda in your, in your water and see if that helps clear up some of the conditions you're having. And now she's not taking any medications anymore. It's been about a year or so that she's been drinking solely out of this uh, pH-increasing water bottle. And she's dropped most of her meds. I mean, that's a, it's amazing to think that, that just adding a high pH level can do all these amazing things. I mean, people believe that it can kill cancers. Could you imagine if, if, if this can actually stop cancer, if it could prevent cancer from growing and, and killing you? I mean, how great is that? Well, as I said, we were going to be joined by Jack Blood tonight, and uh, I think we have him on the line here. Uh, though I don't need to introduce Jack Blood to most of you listening. He's been on my show multiple times. Uh, he's the Jack Blood side of the station here. I think you guys understand and know who he is. So I'm not even going to go try to do like some major introduction, Jack. I'm just going to bring you on and say, how you been, brother? Oh, do I have Jack Blood there? No, I don't hear you, Jack. I'll give him a minute there. Maybe we got a, a misconnection there. Keep him low so I can hear him. Because uh, I'm looking forward to hearing his viewpoints on all of this and uh, what he believes is going on. So we, we definitely want to make sure we get that connected again. Uh, Jack, I'm going to disconnect with you and try reconnecting and see if maybe that uh, helps the problem. Let's do that. I'm just going to disconnect. Let me call Jack Black. Jack Black? Let me call Jack Black. I wish I had Jack Black, right? No. Let me call Jack Blood back here and see if we have him now. Hopefully this will connect with us and cooperate with us. Live radio. It happens sometimes, right? And ringing and ringing and ringing. If we don't get him, I'll move on to some things until we get him back in. He'll be here. Don't worry. I'm looking forward, like I said, to speaking with him. Yep, that's the one, Wayne. Bragg's Organic, that's the one they recommend uh, using and drinking. It's got the mother in it. You definitely want to have the mother, right? Because that's, that's where, again, you get some of the benefits of the apple out of. <clears throat> the game just channeled on. We don't get into Russia yet. Why am I on the Russian page? We've got vaccine stuff here. Oh, man, we got a lot. I'm, I'm still ringing over to Jack there. Hopefully we get him momentarily you know what while we're doing that let me do this because i don't want to keep rambling and rambling and rambling uh you know as as we get through these shootings and, and all these different things happening um we tend to hear people talk about gun control and other countries that have done gun control so has it worked there and is it something we need only days after that mass shooting at the community college in Oregon, President Obama said that the United States needs to follow the lead of Great Britain and Australia, nations that instituted large-scale gun bans and gun confiscation after mass shootings on their soil. Would it work here? Maybe the more important question, did it work there? It's a reality check you won't see anywhere else. We know that other countries... in response to one mass shooting, have been able to craft laws that almost eliminate mass shootings. Friends of ours, allies of ours, Great Britain, 
Australia, countries like ours. That was President Obama speaking shortly after the community college shooting in Oregon. The president says that Great Britain and Australia are great examples of nations that have taken control of gun violence. But are they? It made me think, what is the real story behind those countries? Let's start with Great Britain. On August 19, 1987, Michael Ryan killed 15 people and wounded 15 others in a series of random shootings around Hungerford, Berkshire. He also killed his mother before taking his own life. The pistol and two semi-automatic rifles that he used in that massacre were all owned legally. Well, as a result, Great Britain enacted some of the world's strictest gun control measures in the late 80s and 90s. In Britain, a nation of 63 million people, more than 200,000 guns and 700 tons of ammunition have been taken off the streets over the past 15 years. So what has the result been? Well, early on, the ban appeared to have little impact as the number of crimes involving guns in England and Wales rose heavily during the late 1990s to peak 24,094 in 2003-2004. Since 2004, though, the numbers of crimes involving guns has actually fallen each year. In 2010 to 2011, there were 11,227 offenses, 53% below that peak number. And again, all of those numbers began to fall long after gun bans were put into place. And that's also not to say that the ban ended mass shootings in Great Britain, because it did not. In 2010, a lone gunman killed 12 people in a four-hour shooting spree in northern England. So what about Australia? Well, this is a more dramatic example. In 1996, a 28-year-old man killed 35 people with a semi-automatic rifle in the Tasmanian city of Port Arthur. Twelve days later, a gun confiscation program was rushed through the Australian parliament. The National Agreement on Firearms all but prohibited automatic and semi-automatic assault rifles. It stiffened licensing and it stiffened ownership rules. It also instituted a temporary gun buyback program that took some 650,000 so-called no, assault weapons, about one-sixth of the national stock, out of public circulation. The images are pretty incredible from that time. This agreement was called a gun buyback, but it really wasn't. It was mandatory. So what were the effects of the program? Well, interestingly, there have been at least two major studies done on the program and gun homicides. The first was done by the University of Melbourne researchers, Wang Shen Li and Danny Sorardi. In 2008, they completed a report on this matter, and it said this, quote, In this paper, we reanalyzed the same data on firearm deaths used in previous research. Tests for unknown structural breaks as a means to identifying impacts of the National Firearms Agreement. The results of these tests suggest that the NFA did not have any large effects on reducing firearm homicide or suicide rates. And a second report concluded that while the mandatory program did reduce the rate of accidental firearm deaths, it had no influence on a firearm homicide in Australia. It also did not end mass shootings. In 2002, two people were killed. Five were injured in a shooting at Melbourne's Monash University. In 2011, three people were killed. Three were wounded in the Hectorville siege. And in 2014, three people, including the gunman, were killed and four others injured in a Sydney hostage crisis. So what you need to know is that even with mass confiscation of weapons, Australia could not end all mass shootings. And the rate of gun homicides wasn't actually affected. But here's something else worth mentioning. The 650,000 guns confiscated in Australia, that was between one-fifth and one-third of all the guns in the entire country. Let's compare that now to the United States. To do the same thing here, that would require confiscation of around 105 million firearms, something that would not only be unconstitutional, but would likely become incredibly violent. In other words, 
mass confiscation in the United States simply cannot happen. Not right now and possibly not ever. That's reality check. Let's talk about that tonight on Twitter. So, yeah, that's that's one great point. And that's uh, I did the segment with Shannon today. And that's one of the things we discussed is is could they really do a, a gun confiscation? Could they use the these these things and really take all the weapons that we have without it becoming violent, without it becoming ugly and, and a big issue? You know, I, I don't. I don't think they could take them without having to hurt people, without making it uh, de- deadly and ugly. And, and I mean, honestly, would there be enough Americans who would try to allow it to happen? Uh, I think we may have Jack. You there? Yeah, Sean. There you Sorry, are, brother. Dad, as soon as I called you, it was weird. My computer crashed and we lost everything and I had to reboot. So I apologize. That, that's all right. That's what I figured it happened. That's what I saw everything go down on your end. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Jack trying to come on the air and they just don't want to let him come on the air. <laughs> I mean, you see why I've uh, I've decided to leave this behind me for the most part. It's just too goddamn aggravating, really. Oh, I feel you, man. I, I, I've i been going with it for like three weeks now. I had to get a new computer for my broadcast, and everything was choppy and sounded like crap. And then I got it. Oh, it's just been headache after headache, so I feel you. So how you well, ba- it's good to see you, man, because I, I get to see you here, and I have the webcam cast. The, sorry I can't return the favor because I look uh, much like the rock star today, and I'm naked, so... That would have been a real treat for you. No, it's good to see you, brother. How are you? And a happy Christmas. War is over if you want it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, everything's going great. Uh, you know, I've been broadcasting still over here, keeping the keeping the blood name alive, or trying to at least. And you know, how how are things going up there? You know, everything changed so much, and you know, life does that. So, how are you pulling together? How's everything working? Well, thanks for asking, and it, the the mission was Seattle or die, and so far we're not dead, um, at least the uh, physically and and it's great here so i just uh, i need to thank all the people that helped float us and get us out here and so here i am right now i can look out my window i can see downtown seattle i'm uh, just feet away from it so i basically live right downtown and uh, we had a huge black lives matter uh protest here <laughs> Last week, my wife and son got caught in it, and then there were helicopters over our house for about four hours as they were working that whole thing out. Hey, there's nothing that says Merry Christmas, support our cause, more than Black Lives Matter going and ruining Christmas tree lighting and and messing up everybody's Christmas. I, I just, for some reason, don't feel that's probably the best publicity you would want for your cause, but they have been determined to piss everyone off, which makes me believe it on many levels it's some kind of a psyop. But uh, but I support it because I I got to be politically correct and and I'm not on any bandwagon, Sean. And that's my problem. I need to start getting on bandwagons. Well, see, that's something I always wondered about the black because you know I want to support what they're trying to do, but then you see them do these these ridiculous performances of, of uh, protest, but that has nothing to do with what they're trying to protest, like walking through a, a library at a college and, and disrupting the studies of people, disrupting the, the daily activities of normal people who may have an idea. I mean, I know that's what protest is supposed to do to draw attention to it, but I mean, they really do seem to purpose, purposefully be trying to piss people off. And that does, doesn't help your cause. Yeah, no, I mean, they're shock troops. They're provocateurs and agitators. And if there's anything, because I, I, I think a lot of people are very sympathetic to this. Certainly we are. I know a lot of libertarians are. The 
the uh, anti-police brutality people. You know, we've been around here for uh, forever. A long time, yeah. And, and we're and, seeing more now, luckily. We can say that at least. And, you know, we want to support the cause. They just don't want our support, number one. Uh, and it doesn't seem like they want anybody's support. So, sure, it's a great way to get publicity. But what kind of, you know, the old adage, there's no such thing as bad publicity. I, I never really agreed with that. There is it's some serious bad publicity going on there. And I have to think that it's somehow engineered. You know, when you get a protest, because I've done many protests, okay, I can more than I can count, more than a few hundred. And when you get thousands of people out, you know, that takes some pretty strong organization, okay? That takes some pretty good uh, ties to various uh, levels of social media to get all those people out. And so as I've, you know, seen this happen from Atlanta here to Seattle, I am uh, constantly amazed at how successful they are in getting thousands of people out to go along with what they're doing. So I know you didn't bring me on to talk about that, and I just mentioned it because... <laughs> living in a police state was never more evident here than last week here in Seattle. Well, it ties it all together, though. I mean, if you really uh, this is all being developed specifically to to have uh, direct actions done to specific groups of people. I mean, you, the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to put that wedge between the two races, uh, the, the bad side of it, shall I say. And then, of course, you have the the terror attacks and and the the threat of of Muslims coming and invading America and taking it all over. And it all falls all in line with each other because we couldn't have one without the other. No, absolutely. And and isn't that interesting how and some would call it coincidental, but it isn't interesting. The the immigration issue now, the refugee issue. And of course, right on time, we have the attack in uh, I call it Purdue. Remember when I told you there's an attack in Purdue? He goes, there's also one in California. Right. And, right. <laughs> but that's like oh, the that's bike right. name for San Bernardino, right? So, And all of this seems to just perfectly coalesce together to create this, this feeling of uh, – I wouldn't even call it nationalism because I don't, I don't mind that people are nationalists. I'm for tribalism. Uh, I think it, it often protects us from over-centralization, and that's really should be all of our goals is to decentralize and repeal. I try to make it easy for people. But how all these things go together to these kind of shock troops almost to create this feeling of isolation to further, I think, pad the rhetoric coming out of both sides of the mouth of Donald Trump, for instance, it's almost shocking. And so I go and I look on Facebook and you might have seen the post I put down a couple of days ago. I'm just like sick of it. Like, how are all you people? How have we been talking about this stuff and how Al Qaeda is Al Qaeda and how ISIS is definitely without a doubt funded and trained and aided and helped by London, D.C., Israel and their client states and cohorts? How is it that people are falling for this? And I know some very smart people who who are with it. They're just with it. I've been to Europe, and I know what Muslims can do to people, and they really hate you, and we shouldn't be helping them. And, you know... It's like the flat. It's like the flat. Earth. Blown away by. I'm blown away. Why aren't people thinking about anymore about all the things we've learned for the last at least 15 years? I, I don't know. And you see it with. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of this one, but even AJ, you know, he has pushed the whole Muslim agenda. I've I've seen some things posting through my Facebook page from other people uh, that they've shared, and it it, it kind of makes you question even more now than before of where he he stands an alliance to and this trump thing trump i'm so tired of hearing him 
And, um, and not that I don't agree with some of the things he says. I don't like his bullish way. I grew up in Jersey. I don't like that that way. I grew up around that way of doing things, and that's how he does it. And some of it's just completely radical totalitarianism, you know? No, he's made fascism chic, and people are digging it, and they're on board with it. And I listen, you know, I mean, I don't talk about Oprah Jones. I I, I just rather forget him. I, I don't watch. I don't go there seven, eight years. But when I saw in Drudge Report that he had – fix this interview with Trump, uh, Roger Stone, who I'll be talking to tomorrow, actually hooked that up for him. And I had to go watch it. <laughs> and it was vomit politics at, at its worst, yeah. at its finest, at its worst. And when you go look at the comments, you see that what he said is right that 90% of his so called listeners do support Donald Trump, and a lot of my friends do. And there's no talking to them. In fact, you know, when I bring up things, because this is a guy that will say he's like Obama. He'll say he's many things to many people. He'll say anything it takes. This is a guy that has no character that likely was in league with a group of pedophiles. Uh, we can get into that anytime you want, who has used the system to screw people, everyday people, uh, working class heroes, uh, people I respect, you know. When you see this guy saying one thing and doing another, how could anyone trust anything he says? Well, Not to mention that, that most of his solutions um, uh, it puts us in a prison state. Why can't people remember what we've been talking about the last 15 years, Sean? I don't get it. Are they so desperate for some kind of an icon to follow? They want that, that change, man. Do this? Yeah. Because the more shit you put on Donald Trump, the more people seem to like him. Eh, well, good. That's the kind of president we want, a dishonest liar, murderer, pedophile who will gain leverage for us, the United States of America. No, for the elite. And by the way, he's not going to be president. I'll bet my life on it. I agree with you. Now, now, do you think uh, that oh, uh, that Trump is kind of like the Obama GOP type guy? You, you, you know, he voted for Obama. Yeah, I know that. I, I know. But I mean, like the, the hope and change type. Is that what the GOP are seeing oh, him as? God. It's such a look. My band, I have a band up here. And uh, one of the songs we did on our last show was called Steam Valve. And it was about this very thing, how Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are steam valves because the pressure is building in the pot, Sean. And if you don't let the pressure out every once in a while and give people some kind of hope for change or give people something to look at then then the pot will explode and it will get all over the place and that's you know the the controlled chaos that is happening right under our noses so people like donald trump and bernie sanders who don't believe anything that they actually say who are completely misrepresented to the people who, who the people having no understanding of what these people have done in the past and what they stand for and for me that's the most important thing i want to look at your track record that's why i supported ron paul because he was dr no he had a year's track record right. in voting against fascism and war and debt. And, and these are these are our problems. So how, know, they, how do they how is Trump sucking libertarians down his track? I though? don't know. And, and supposedly Roger Stone's a libertarian. But, you know, there's two kinds. There's the Bob Barr libertarian and there's the Michael Badnerick libertarian right right and the libertarian there's no doubt that party was taken over by the the coke foundation they bought the cato institute and, and they got everything down the line from there so i guess this is all part and parcel to the deal and so but uh you know what i wanted to say 
about all of this is, look, there is a 30 percent support for Donald Trump. Sure, he's leading the pack, but that is 70 percent for anyone else. Right. And putting uh, Hillary, hail Hillary Clinton in as, as the opposition. By the way, uh, this is how it works, folks. It's not your votes that count. It's not even who counts the votes in the electoral college system building up in the caucuses and primaries. It's the delegates and the party that choose the candidate. And Clinton, and there was a big story in, I think, the Wall Street Journal. She already has the delegates, already has them, and the voting won't start for two months. Well, as you've been saying for three years, if not longer, you've always believed it's Bush. And now we hear Bush coming out saying he's going to use uh, all his campaign funds to attack the other candidates to try to knock them out, and then he'll deal with Trump one-on-one. I don't know if you've heard that one yet. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I think that's always been the strategy. And also, as he said, and here's another guy that supports Obama because him and Poppy were sneaking into the White House the last eight years. You guys can look that up. It's not not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, in the dark of night with umbrellas covering their faces, but you still know it's them. They're, they're all pretty tight. And that's a good strategy, and I assume that's what's going to happen because a lot of guys are going to drop out pretty fast. Before, maybe not before Iowa, but as soon as Iowa hits and you get 1% of the vote and you're not looking good for New Hampshire, you're gone. Yeah, you don't want to spend any more money. Right. And then the support begins to coalesce around John McCain. If you remember that in 2008, no one saw that coming and I should have seen it. I voted I'm for the, him. I'm in the room and people are laughing. There's like two people supporting McCain in the room. Everyone else is supporting Ron Paul or Duncan Hunter or someone else in 2008. And the same thing with uh, Romney. Nobody wanted him and thought he was boring and, and lacked energy and, and he wasn't anti-establishment enough, though he, I guess he would be the definition of an outsider to some. Uh, and he gets it. So that's a good strategy. And also, I think for Bush, they're not pandering to Iowa because that's the death knell. That's the death knell to get independent uh, swing purple voters. So it'll all come down to March 1st, Super Tuesday. We'll know by the next day who the nominee is going to be. But I just want pe- people to understand who, because, again, I'm trying to talk to these people that are supporting Trump. He doesn't have any delegates. He doesn't have any. A lot of the people that support him aren't even going to vote. Like Ron Paul, remember that? They, 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 mm-hmm. He had a lot of support, but they don't vote. Yeah. They don't go vote. They don't go register. They don't go through all of the, the rigmarole and red tape and bureaucracy it takes to register to vote. They don't have any delegates. The people that have delegates in this selection, okay, are, are Rand Paul, the, uh, Hillary Clinton, and, and Jeb Bush. The, those are the people that have delegates and superdelegates, and that's what's going to end up winning the day. So um, I, I really have the whole time hoped I would be wrong about this, and, and maybe, who knows, uh, if Trump gets the nomination, maybe that is a, a good thing. I, I can't tell you. All I know is that guy is a lying sack of shit, and I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw him. So if you want to pick a lying sack of shit so you don't have to have Bush, <laughs> uh, I'm all for it. But don't try to give me this, he's George Washington or I love like when uh, Oprah Jones asked him who his favorite president immediately goes Reagan. Wait a minute. I thought you were against amnesty for illegal aliens because that's what uh, Reagan did. I thought you were against increasing the debt because Reagan did that in spades. You know, all of the things he says he stands for uh, Reagan, uh, other than being tough on crime and, and giving and, and smuggling cocaine to arm Iran, 
Okay. <laughs> he was a good guy otherwise. Other than that, and, and then, you know, launching his campaign for governor at Bohemian Grove and all the rest of it. Other than that, I'm sure he was a great guy. I grew up and was a, a young man during the Reagan years in the 80s, and I could tell you it was not fun. You could, there was a noticeable change in the way we lived our lives. At that point, the police state had been fully assembled and was pointing at us and charging. The beginning of the uprise of it, really. Um, you know, if you were to ask me, Jack, who I would compare um, Trump to in, in historical terms of leaders throughout the world, uh, I would I would go back to probably 1929, 1931 Hitler. That's well, what I would compare. A lot to of it. people like that, Sean. So you just you got him a few more votes. <laughs> but it, can't. Wouldn't, can't you see it as that way too? Like he, he's he's pumping the people up with promise of of uh, military might and complete protection and elimination of a race or a religious section. Uh, kind of sounds the same to me. Well, they all sound the same to me, so I'm, I'd be the wrong guy to ask that question to. They all seem like Mussolini or Hitler or Stalin or Mao. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is true, me, but. And I don't expect any change. Again, the thing that's shocking to me is that you always hear this. This is the most trite phrase out there. The phony left-right paradigm. You know, it doesn't matter who's president because they don't have any power, la, la, la. Anyway, but then all of a sudden, you know, some populace comes along. And, and this is, again, the bandwagon culture we live in. People want to be on bandwagons. So half my friends... And, and I'm ashamed to say this. I love my friends. They're not always right. And and why listen to me? What do I know, Sean? I mean, you know, <laughs> thousands and thousands of hours talking to some of the most brilliant minds in the world, right. uh, you know, uh, politicians and the policymakers and the spooks. So what do I know about any of this? Uh, which is funny. I'm just a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, right? That's all so, we all are, right? <laughs> but... But half my friends support Trump. The other half support Bernie Sanders. I just saw – I mean this is, this is the thing. I made a meme, and you might have seen it with the, with the great uh, Hank Charles Bukowski, and it was all about – you know when we were saying you know, back in the day, fuck authority, we didn't mean go have sex with it. <laughs> don't, okay? don't bring it to home and take it you know, to mom and dad yeah. and meet it. <laughs> we meant get away, fuck you. We didn't mean – like, you know, actually go engage and copulate with authority, which it seems that people are doing now. So whether it's the steam valve of Bernie Sanders, the steam valve and distraction of Donald Trump. And remember, distraction breaks down to no traction and no action. And even when we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about the uh, uh, killings in, in San Bernardino, I mean, another one, perfectly timed distraction around the holidays. And, and I just... I sit here, this is why I don't want to do radio anymore, really. I sit here with my jaw agape going, but what about the thing we were working on? No, 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 this is very important. We must study the latest shooting and, you know, put out some good clickbait. My clickbait's better than yours. Mike, no one even reads the story anymore, Sean. No one cares about sources. They just look for the title and the clickbait, and that's it. That's that's where they get off the information train here. The most centralized headline. Well, yes, um... We're moving into this thing with with Muslims and Islam and and this religion and and how everything is is coming to to fruition. Now, last week I had hypothesized 
you know, I think you believe and, and agree with me that this is not this conspiracy isn't only a hundred years old. It isn't only three hundred years old. It's probably six, seven hundred years old. And Islam was created, you know, what four or five hundred years ago. So I hypothesized last week that maybe that was the beginning of this whole conspiracy, and we're at the towards the end game of it now. Um, so let's go into the shooting. Let's go into what you've seen. Um, what really impacts you now? You're the you're you're very uh, methodical when you when you go over these shootings or or any of these events when you when you're trying to talk about if it's a false flag or not. And you have three categories or three uh, main things you look at. Uh, have you found those three main things yet in in the the California shooting? Okay, so the three things, as as our listeners know, is prior knowledge, a stand down, followed by a cover up, and looking at who benefits. The who benefits part super easy. Uh, we're seeing how people have been, you know, not letting this crisis go to waste and milking it. You know, there was a shooting. Uh, let me just mention this real quick. And I, I can't give you all the details because I don't have it right in front of me. I can get it in a minute if you need it. But there was a shooting in, near New Orleans in Louisiana yep. a couple of weeks ago. And something like 17 people were killed. The shooters were black. Uh, and not a peep about it in the media. And, and <laughs> not and majority of the a majority of the victims were eight to twelve or eight to thirteen, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you would think that would be a really big story, and you could milk that for gun control. And a lot of people are saying, well, that's because they didn't schedule that. That actually really happened organically, and they don't want, you know. They, I found this over the years, Sean. We've seen a bunch of things that have happened that could be really sensationalized as a terrorist activity, never given a, a word of mention in the mainstream media because it wasn't scheduled. So when the San Bernardino thing happens, as, as in fact, there's a lot of correlations between the Wisconsin Seek shooting. Uh, this is my building block now for all the recent shootings over the last few years. That Wisconsin Seek Temple shooting is something everybody needs to study. Because what do we have there? All the witnesses said it was a team of, of guys coming in and doing all the shooting. I mean, all of the witnesses. Did you right, see that right. on the mainstream media? Maybe for a quick second, and then it's gone. Same thing in Paris. I call it part du. Now, remember what part du means in urban dictionary speak. It means a horrible sequel. It means a really bad, unwatchable, horrible sequel. You're talking about the most recent Paris one, right? Paris, part two, okay. part du. Um we all remember that the the movie uh, part do Charlie Sheen satire, but it has an urban dictionary reference meaning it's a really bad sequel. And that's not to mock the people that were hurt, because I, I truly believe people were murdered. People were hurt. I, I watched all the witness testimony. I know people think it was a hoax and it never happened, but I really trust some of the witnesses there and what they said. Uh, to me, I thought was important. Uh, yes, some of the shooters were yelling out Alu Akbar. It was a multiple uh, pronged attack, highly sophisticated. Uh, the shooters in Paris had weapons that were beyond almost comprehension. Uh, uh, they were highly trained, highly skilled, and highly planned and highly coordinated. But a lot of the witnesses there, when the shooting first started, saw... What? Bunch of white guys in a Mercedes doing the shooting. Okay? Uh, so that, that fits with the Wisconsin Sikh Temple uh, modus operandi. Is that same, way, is that thing, same thing in San Bernardino. Right. Right? right. 
And now this doesn't get, at first it comes out in the media. And I love this. And I'm glad that people have some kind of an excuse. Because what I really hate is, well, I just don't, I'm not even going to consider that information because you said it and it's some wacky conspiracy theory on the internet. I mean, it, it was said. Witnesses did see it. So you have to deal with that. So what most people will say, and I'm actually uh, talking to James Corbett here. We're doing a show with him and, in about an hour, and that's one of the questions I'm going to, to ask him. The fog of war. The witnesses are all wrong, Sean. They didn't see what they saw. They were just somehow swayed by the shock of the situation to completely hallucinate. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Seem to be happening, happening repeatedly. But to, let me say this: because when we get into looking at who these so-called shooters were, makes no sense. Now I know things don't always have to add up and be neat and and pretty, but this makes absolutely no sense that these people did this shooting. I, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time buying it. So did we have prior knowledge? I guess because SWAT was sitting there ready to go, right at the right. time. Well, and, so I would call that a hint of prior knowledge. Did we have a stand down? The, the the shooters got away, even though SWAT was right there. For hours, they had gotten away. Four and a half, five hours. obviously, hour. there's a cover-up and who benefits. So I hope that wasn't too long-winded, but go ahead. No, it wasn't too, long, too long-winded, and it's right where we want to go down. Uh, let's go back to the, to the witness, because people have tried to discredit this. The, the one uh, girl that, that comes out and says that she saw three. I want to play the audio of that interview uh, just to bring everybody up to where we're at with that and, and what we're talking about exactly, in case people haven't heard it. One of the witnesses today is Sally Abdel-Majid, who works at the Inland Regional Center, the building where the attack took place. She saw the attackers enter the building, and we spoke to her by phone. I heard um, shots fired, and it was, you know, from an automatic weapon. So, you know, very unusual. Why, you know, why would we hear shots? As we look out the window, a second set of shots goes off, and it's just pop, 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 pop. And we saw a man fall to the floor. Then we just looked, and we saw three men dressed in all black military um, military attire with vests on. They're holding assault rifles, and they, and they opened up the door to Building 3, and one of them opens up the door to building three. He starts to um, spray, shoot. He just, you know, shoots all over into the room. That's the room that we typically have conferences in. I just, we just heard more gunshots go off. I, I got my phone. I, I reached for my phone. I, I called 911. Um, and I just hid under my desk. I didn't see any more. I just heard more gunshots go off as I was talking to the dispatch. We went into my manager's office, locked the door, barricaded it. We heard running and, and things happening upstairs. About 30 minutes later, someone came to the door, knocked on the door, but we didn't obviously answer. And then another 15 minutes later, someone came and took us into a secure room. Ms. Abdel-McGee, can you describe to me in as much detail as you can, what did the gunman look like? I couldn't see his face. He had a black hat on, and um, from my view, all I could see was just a black hat and black long sleeve shirt, possibly gloves on. 
Um, he had black cargo pants on, but kind of the zippers on the sides and the big puffy pockets. Uh, he he had a huge assault rifle, and he had extra ammo. He he's coming ready for he's coming ready for something to reload. I don't know. He had like magazines. Um, I I couldn't see what else I saw. It was I just saw three dressed exactly the same. You're you're certain that you saw three men. Yes. It looks like their skin color was, yeah, was white. They looked like they were athletic built and um, they, they, they appeared to be tall. And, of course, we've just learned that one of the suspects was actually a woman. Of course, they had to make sure they threw that in at the end there. So, Jack, that's what we're referring to. Um, what what in that is there any questions to you in that interview? It sounds to me exactly like what we saw in Wisconsin. It, it just really does. And we remember, if you listen to the witnesses in that Wisconsin Sikh temple shooting, and most people are going to go, oh, you're just making that up. That never happened because they never hear about it in the news ever. It, it's never been talked about ever again since it happened. Don't forget that Wade Page, who was accused of that shooting, was working undercover for the military and the psychological operations warfare unit as a Nazi punk rocker. Okay, for years before that had happened, we even took Wade Page and 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 there is at least some speculation that he was at Columbine, the same guy. Okay, who seems to have done wet work for the uh, Army Psychological War College for for many many years. So he was blamed on that, and I think he was part of the team. But but what did the witnesses say up in Wisconsin? We saw the guy, one of the shooters, out in the crowd, athletic build. Tall white guy, a team of four came in and started shooting. All of them said that of the surviving witnesses in Wisconsin, and they picked out. There was a, guys out in the in the in the crowd, right? As the police were cornering off this this situation, and they were part of the police and part of the crowd. So, and they had matching. They, they saw these tattoos, and these guys all had these special ops matching tattoos. They were all out there, and there they are. Go investigate. Nope. Didn't happen. Fog of war. You must have imagined it all. So and then it also reminds me of Sandy Hook because I was listening to the police scanner just as I was uh, for the San Bernardino shooting when they were going out and looking hours later trying to find these guys that escaped uh, supposedly. And they were you heard this, too, right? They were all over the place. They, I mean, they could have found anyone at any time. Anywhere they had suspects just running loose everywhere, and that was the same thing in Sandy Hook. When you remember, they were street over chasing these uh, shadow suspects. I think I, I believe that that's the term they used, and it was very telling, very telling to me. So the police, who I don't believe are in on this uh, big conspiracy because it would just be too wide and too many people, are basically given this uh, call to misdirection right, right. and, and began – if you remember, uh, go back to the Chris Dorner, remember the rogue cop in uh, L.A. Uh, who not far from San Bernardino – um, met his end as he was uh, burned to the ground. They used drones and whatnot on that guy. And what did they do? They were, they ended up shooting innocent people all over the place because, listen, folks, the one thing I'm going to give you, it, the police are stupid and unorganized and very easily led in the wrong direction. So there's so many... Easily it, spooked. It's so many correlations between... Paris, between Sandy Hook, between that Wisconsin shooting, you just begin to see this pattern of they're using these uh, special ops hit teams to go in, do the work, 
and then find somebody, some patsy or whatever, to take the, the fall. So when you begin, I don't know if we'll have time, and I'm sure we won't have time to do all of this, but um, if you begin to analyze who uh, these alleged shooters were in San Bernardino, like I said, none of it makes sense. Uh, I have all these questions. Why would they attack that place? If they were with ISIS, they would find a much better target. They've got all of this bombs, assault weapons, uh, ammo, uh, you know, bullets. And he goes after his work, his, his work yeah. partners. And so then, then that's what a lot of people are saying. So it really isn't terrorism. It's workplace violence. But, violence. but how many people know, Sean, that their workers love them? That they threw a, a party for them when they had their baby, that they registered them, that they had been to that same Christmas party the year before, that they were admired and loved in their community. They never had a problem with anyone in their community, and they loved all those people they work with. I mean, is somebody going to bring that up at some point and refute it? Because I want to know the answer. Well, they were rapidly radicalized, uh, you know, Jack. They they just they had to make them the, the, the bad guys, and they did it quickly because – ISIS is that powerful that they can radicalize an American citizen whose brother is a Navy veteran with a highly decorated, allegedly. Uh, you know, it's easy to flip that person over to the bad side without his brother noticing. And, you know, you talk about prior knowledge. Have you re read the reports coming out that allegedly there was some uh, investigations done on him the week prior? Well, I know that they would have had... If the story that is being built now, the official <coughs> narrative, yeah. that he was radicalized in Saudi Arabia, there is absolutely no way they didn't know that this guy was about to do something. Uh, I don't believe that, uh, and, and I'm really very suspicious if they were even the shooters at this point. Uh, and, and this is why we have the perfect excuse of the media and family going into this alleged crime scene, their apartment, and polluting it and destroying it. And, and ruining and and um, breaking down and polluting any possible evidence that there might have been there. You know, they they were building IEDs in their garage. You know, that garage was like way far away from their apartment. All their neighbors say these people were very nice. And so, okay, uh, could they have been radicalized by going to Facebook ISIS in a matter of days? <laughs> okay, uh, sure. If that's your story, then fine. It sounds a little bit conspiratorial. And in fact, again, you remember we call ourselves conspiracy debunkers because here is the conspiracy. The bottom line is, and why I hate even doing this anymore, is that when you say it's ISIS, you might as well be admitting what you've done. That's the thing. That's where it all comes down. Even if these people were radicalized, even if they did want to, you know, shoot Americans because they hate them for their freedoms or whatever it's going to be, even if they thought they were in service of ISIS, uh, and even if we want to forget all of these sting operations that have been happening, especially throughout the Obama administration, then at least we can look to the top of the pyramid, the command and control of where ISIS comes from, who tells them what to do, who gives them orders, and that leads right back to D.C., London, and Tel Aviv, and NATO. And everybody wants to continue to deny that no matter how much evidence is given, no matter you know what, what government documents you read saying, you know, this is what's going to happen, but we're going to go forward with it because we need a sod out of there. Nobody wants to pay attention to that. Um, we both sat and listened to the scanner activity that day. I heard the shootout uh, when they got the black SUV, I heard the the buzzing of bullets over the the officers' heads as they were keying up their microphones. I've heard bullets overhead before, so I know what that sounds like. Uh, I heard fires, go, uh, shots going back at the vehicle. 
I watched them pull the girl dead out of the back of the vehicle. I listened to it as I watched it on on the news. So, who did you is- see any pictures of them with the, all these guns and everything? Is is that ever been shown? And not that it couldn't be manipulated. We have to remember what what is the chain of command in the evidence but uh I, i'm not sure i've seen that yet but who or I, we'll get to that point but who was that shootout with then uh because again i heard the shootout i want to you know i guess could have been faked i guess but that sounded pretty good to me it sounded really real to me I'm it, sure- it, it, no it did no, I, I hear you and but remember again when they were hunting chris dorner the rogue cop from los angeles they went and shot a bunch of people and they thought, you know, when you listen to that on the police scanner, Sean, what, what it would, would have sounded like. We got him. We got him. Right. Until they didn't. And it was just innocent bystanders. You know, I, there was a, a office uh, violence in New York. One guy went in and shot his boss and came out. He was right in Times Square. And the cops came up and just started. And the guy's just standing there ready to be arrested. And they just start shooting into the crowd and shoot all the, the witnesses. So I'm sure that sounded good on the police scanner. Right. Um when I was listening to Police Scanner, Sean, one point I want to make, and there's a couple, but I'll just make this one. They had people all over the place. Again, this right. is why it reminded me of Sandy Hook. Well, they had them in Amazon. They had, they, had the, they had a guy in the street with a machete. They had, I mean, there was just shit happening all over the place in that little sleepy little town where their biggest problem is generally like a meth dealer or a biker or something. So that whole time frame, if you go back and you listen to it, the cop that was shot Friendly fire, by the way, ricocheted friendly fire when the cop was shot. I thought that was uh, rather important to note. But it, there was just mass confusion. Well, I know they talked a lot about crossfire and and being concerned with that. So yeah, I could see how that could have easily been that uh, a crossfire incident. Um, yeah, it's it's so hard to because you don't want to believe even at, even doing this six seven years myself, you don't want to believe that these things can go on that that. That people can still not see it, understand that I that even if, like you said, even if everything that the narrative tells us is the actual facts, we still caused this problem. And a lot of people still, you know, really deny that fact. They don't want to accept it, and it it's bothersome. It, it really is. I want to say this, Sean. I've known a lot of Muslim people in my life. I'll probably meet some more tomorrow. Really great. They All those, the ones I meet are always really great. Mm-hmm. They don't hate us for our freedoms. In fact, they love it here. Um, if you, you know, took a poll in Iran, well, before most of the saber-rattling happened recently, they just want to be here. They want to be us. They want to live in a kind of a cool rock and roll society with designer jeans and stuff. You know, I mean, they're, right. they're, they're, they're Facebook consumers. Just They, they, they want to be part of that. And the only way that they become over nationalistic or radicalized and this i guess could be said for the people of russia right now and the people of america when, as much it's when there's guns and bombs pointing at them and right. and you know they feel like they almost have no choice so again it's tribalism that i think is manipulated and used against people and kind of run amok so are there going to be real shooters are there going to be real terrorists i guess but until they hit it's just amazing to me sean if all, I read a story the other day. There's, there's 
dozens of ISIS camps in America. I mean, I can't even freaking jaywalk or not wear my seatbelt without getting arrested, right? I mean, it, it, it's amazing. But yet these people operate right under the noses of, and you know why that is? That's because Obama is secretly a Muslim and is enabling all of this. I mean, talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's that's a crazy one. And that's the other question that arises. You know, we talked about them was whether there was warning of him or whether he was investigated prior to. But since September 11th, we've been under this mass surveillance. They've been telling us that everything they do is protecting us and they've stopped this and stopped that and haven't, you know, nothing major has happened. How is it feasibly possible with all of the technology we have now uh, to even coordinate something like that and not have some kind of clue yeah. or idea it's going to happen? Well, Snowden and others have, have talked about this, and you can get into the validity of Snowden. It, it doesn't really matter. I think the point is important. The more intelligence you gather, the harder it is to really see what's going on. And there's a, you know various terms for this. but So that's always going to be a problem. But you ask a good question. We've given up so much. We've paid so much. And, in fact, the budgets are renewed at the end of the year. This is why we always have the Christmas Day bomber or the underpants bomber or the New Year's attacks, which, by the way, Sandy Berger just died. He stole all the documents from that. The big, uh, was it the year 2000 New Year's attack in Seattle because the, it was an FBI sting operation, just like a World Trade Center in 1993. They didn't want people to know that. And Sandy Burglar, as I used to call him, went into the National Archives and stole all the evidence. So, and he just died the other day. Um, so sure. Okay. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to believe that people don't don't want revenge for what's been done for them. There are easy solutions for this. Start dropping money and not cruise missiles. I mean, it's just all be the good guy and not the bad guy. So minimally, I mean, if it isn't directly controlled, you can blame blowback for it. You just can't. I mean, it just right, is right. that way. And we have to take responsibility for this as Americans, if there even is such a thing as America, uh, as uh, Oceania, because we have endorsed and we have looked the other way. And if you just go look at uh, and I should have some pretty open minded friends on Facebook. You just go look at my Facebook and you'll see, wow, this works. This is really working. Mm -hmm. You know, this just popped up too. Oklahoma City bombing secret. We're talking about the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995, 30 years ago. It's amazing it's been that long. 20, 20 30, 20. Almost 30. So, 1995, 2005, yeah. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> and this is what they popped on us today from the Mooney Times. came out yesterday. DNA extracted from an unknown leg. 20 years ago. And and this is the thing. When we, we, we know Al Hussein Husseini, who was also working at Logan Airport the day of 9-11, was John Doe number two. That doesn't seem to not be true. That that seems to be a fact that is very hard to get away from. That that Bush had his own Nazi paperclip called Iraqi paperclip, where he mm. post uh, the, the first Gulf War was able to absorb and bring over to America a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, attackers, uh, people that he could manipulate and use here in America, which were at uh, 
1995 at the Murrow Building. They were running all over the place. People would say that. Go look at Jana Davis, and I think she goes a little too far with this. So it was always there as an excuse. Now, what they wanted at the time, Sean, was to demonize American patriots. So the Manchurian candidate or whatever, uh, Timothy McVeigh, took the fall. But remember, they had several other suspects, and I'm not going to redo the whole case on right. you here. But they did, at the time, have Muslim... Uh, influence and coordination in there so that they could always take that rabbit out of the hat anytime they want. And in 2015, 20 years later, here it is. DNA extracted from an unknown leg, which I'll bet you dollars to donuts right now. It's going to be really donuts. It, it's Muslim. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, now, what is the end game? Well, wait, wait, before I ask that, the, the 28000 that the reporting uh, was allegedly uh, given or deposited in these accounts, do you have any opinion on that, any thought on that? I'm not understanding the question. I'm sorry. Uh, bank records that came out, I guess, today, actually, it looks like. Uh, bank records show $28,500 deposited to Sai Farouk's account two weeks before the shooting, sources say. Yeah, well, I would... Uh... I would really have to look at those sources. Look, all of this can be. It's remit. a Fox story, so I mean, if that tells anything. The very second of the shooting, um, Farouk's wife—I I forget her name. I'm just horrible with these uh, names. I, you think after all this time, I would get used to saying these names? But Shifi Malaki is the lady. Pam, tiny wife had had Facebooked something incriminating and taken it off. On Facebook, During just shooting. as it had happened. And you know how easy that is to fake now? It's just so easy. The chain of command of the evidence is, is, is really important to question. And so this has always been our disadvantage, in my humble opinion, in my fucking opinion. This is, this is always the hardest thing. We don't have access to the chain of command of the evidence. So, of course, what we're doing is speculating. Of course, what we're doing is trying to take all of the bullshit that has come down the Bonnie and Clyde with the young baby. I mean, you know, who, by the way, had a fully stocked fridge with cooked food, tubbleware, pictures of their baby all over the house, arranged flowers. Their, their coworkers they shot were having, you know, uh, parties for the baby and, and getting them toys and everything that they were. Somehow, all of a sudden, the, the switch flipped and they were radicalized. Um, I, I'm sure people could look at that and, and suspect, and you would be right to ask the question, how many hours were they in room 101 before they were conditioned and given the, the trigger word to go do this? Because it is so out of character for them. So I don't know about bank transfers. I mean, that can be faked. I'd have to really analyze the chain of command before I could even consider that of the evidence, before I can consider it as evidence. Right. Well, I, I get that point. Get that it point. makes sense. Uh, so what's the end game? What, what was the, what was the driving factor to allowing this or, or, pushing this into action well it's christmas and obama at all around all the holidays the obama administration and, and the bush and any administration they try to push through as many laws and regulations as possible if there's nothing going on and there's no news that would be the news story and they would be under scrutiny so i think that's important to know it's end of the year. Uh, budgets need to be renewed. If there isn't a threat, then there isn't any more money, and they're not going to get more money next year for budget. Remember now that a lot of people were questioning the Pentagon's budget, 
the uh, Department of Homeland Security's budget, the NSA's budget, all of that. So now this is all super justified. And to seeing how this has been manipulated and pushed and propagandized out on even social media, I'd say that as a distraction, it's king. It's totally worked. And it has um, put forth what I think is the immigration or call it the refugee dialectic. And that is... How do we know that anyone walking down in the street in America isn't a terrorist or is an American? And so we're all going to have to be shoved into this e-verify, no work list, no rent list, no breathe list, no food list, no credit list, no this list, that list. We're all, this is ultimately where we're going with all of this is to find an excuse and to scare people into being ranked and rated and to have to show their papers upon demand to prove that they could work here or be here or exist in general. That sounds like they got the plan all figured out and exactly what they want to do, uh, um, you know, going in the right direction, honestly. Uh, all right, Jack, I appreciate your time. I know you said you were going to be somewhere else tonight. You want to tell everybody where they could possibly hear you at? No, I can't uh, because I haven't officially uh, inked the deal. Uh, it will be announced. So if people, in fact, we have a newsletter that we're doing now weekly. If people want to write me at jackblood at hotmail.com, if you don't mind uh, contributing or donating while you're doing it, that's always helpful. But everybody that writes and says, I want on the newsletter, you get on the newsletter, you find out what's going on. I will tell you this uh, to my own detriment, most likely. Our first show is coming on this unnamed network um, in the next week, I think. And it will be Roger Stone, me and Roger Stone, one on one, and James Corbett. And we haven't, uh, James and I haven't talked in about a year or so uh, officially. So we'll be catching up. It'll be two hours of madness and joy, just packed full of information. So hit us at jackbuttahotmail.com. Donate to, uh, to support us as always because life is hard and uh, we want it to be easier. You know, I'm working construction now uh, most of the time. Jack had to get um, a real job. Oh, no. A radio guy that had to go work construction because I, I tried to go too far with my uh, whole so-called uh, message. So uh, support us at jackbloodhotmail.com. We'll put you on the newsletter. I think we have one coming out tomorrow. And then I think we'll be able to, at that point, announce where we're going to be at least once a week. Excellent. And, and of course, you guys, I'll, as soon as I know, I'll share it out to everybody as much as I can. You're the man, Sean. I Dang, appreciate it. People are lucky to have you. It's just so amazing because I meet all these people, and I won't tell, I won't say anything one way or the other because I don't want to be that guy. But when I meet somebody that's true blue, that I really believe, you know, means what they say and say what they mean, uh, right or wrong, uh, I want people to know about it. So, Sean, you're that guy, man. I love you, brother. No, thanks, man. I love you too, Jack. I really appreciate it. And, and, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be thinking about you. And anytime, man, you want to vent, you know, you know my number. Stay bold. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. There goes our buddy Jack Blood. I, I was so exciting to talk to him and hear from him and, and just hear that energy level again, you know? Uh, the man can talk and he knows what he's talking about. All right, guys, you're listening to the first 52 Raz Radio Live.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. Uh, I, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a couple minutes. Yeah. This song is for anybody that told you you couldn't be something. Told you you just weren't good enough. Just underneath that, that bar, that level. This one's for y'all. Yo, 
You ever wonder about your style and fashion? Ever wonder about changing if you can make it happen? Ever wonder if the sky and earth will clash ends? And ever wonder what lonely feels like with no friends? See, people nowadays take many things for granted. Here today, gone the next, your dog, I can't stand it. Branded, this track was a mile, I just ran it. I put it together and eat it up like a sandwich. Rappers take off quick, but don't know how to land it. I'm loving this fan shit, and I'll never kick the canvas. Not until I'm dead rich with a rack full of chips and a great goose bottle. Now here, take a sip. So now I take trips in a bus, no car. So if you still search it, homie, you won't get far. Just hope that you draw and you play the right cards when you're trying to find your path where you just under par. Said you ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how to feel when you gaze from afar. But the money and success really change who you are. Trying to find your path where you just under par. You ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how to feel when you gaze from afar. But the money and success really change who you are. Trying to find your path where you just under par. You ever wonder why you act the way you act? Ever wonder if you're close? Friends really have your back Ever wonder if you're gonna get your life on track And ever wonder when we gon' put Springfield on the map See I got the blueprint and I know all my math Take this beat plus me, yo, it equals a dope track So while you searching for your path, you can't find it in your pad It takes two to raise a kid, talk about mom and a dad I can't imagine without them the type of life I'd have That's why I work for the future and try to forget my past Every second, minute, day, year, it comes really fast I show the people what's hot to get this cold, hard cash Cause life is like a lake and I'm trying to leave my splash Give me direction and a time I'll execute my task At last, I hope I answer the questions you ask Cause you'll never find the road, you gotta create your own path Said you ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how to feel when you gaze from afar But the money and success really change who you are Trying to find your path when you're just under par You ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how to feel when you gaze from afar But the money and success really change who you are Trying to find your path when you're just under par Wonder like I do, where you gonna go? All you gotta do is be the change in your soul. Just let it flow, Betty needs to the flow. And pray to God these blessings you keep getting more. So here we go, these people don't really know where we about to go and how I'm about to blow. And I'ma keep investing and watch this money grow, even though the dollar's the root of all evil, bro. Said you ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how to feel when you gaze from afar. But the money and success really change who you are. Trying to find your path, but you just under par. You ever really wonder how you got where you are? Then tell me how it feel when you gaze from afar. But the money and success really change who you are. Trying to find your path, or you just under par. This is Steve from The Chocolate Drop. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. 
Damn. You see how Steve get down, right? Steve's wicked. You <laughs> see, you wicked, Steve. I slap you again. Oh, there ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was. Why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain. <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> oh my god. Um, I don't like that. She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. RazRadioLive.com and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about We must escape from the madness of crowds now gathering. The good news is the reversal is achievable through peaceful and intellectual means. And fortunately, the number of those who care are growing exponentially. Of course, it could all be a bad dream, a nightmare, and that I'm seriously mistaken, overreacting, and that my worries are unfounded. I hope so, but just in case, we ought to prepare ourselves for revolutionary changes in the not-too-distant future.
went around by the freight elevator and I could see was just blown. Mr. Obama, won't you leave the another they want to keep in love alive, but he is in heaven And never charged with the crimes of September 11 This phony war on terror is just a weapon They use to confuse the masses who never question Anomalies like the gagging of Sybil Edmonds should disgust us Fired by the Department of Justice For revealing what many knew so well Al-Qaeda worked for CIA the day them towers fell And Rudy Giuliani laughs when confronted with the fact he was pulled The North Tower would collapse Years before the attacks, NORAD conducted exercises in which planes were hijacked. And on that very morning, what do we see? In restricted airspace, it's an E-4B. Let me spell it out for the profane. It's a flying command center, man, a doomsday plane. Over DC as the attacks unfurled The most offended airspace in the whole wide world BBC reports on 7, they about to go rape But this was well after Barry Jennings escaped But 20 minutes after the event takes shape Free fall speed, just watch the videotape NIST writes a report after 5 years of dancing New scientific terms like thermal expansion A plane nose dies, but wait, something is wrong How you get a debris field that's several miles long And a big hole in the ground, I mean holy Hannah the government pulls out a brand new bandana They know the public's so dumb they can't remember Six short months before September About the Virgo A drill about a plane that flew over the border They gave Dick Cheney the right to give the order To their dismay, you can read it yourself and solve all the mysteries. New York Times website, oral histories. Seems all of the country's warning us are just irrelevant. But after 9 11, wow, we really got intelligent. Boy, what incompetence before they attacked us all of a sudden. We know all the alleged hijackers. In three days, we have their names and their faces, at least five of whom were trained at U.S. bases. Seven of them are alive and innocent, they insist. But wait, wait, why are they still on the list? about 20 minutes for a missile to reach America from China. Cheney sees a plane coming like a prophet. Trillion dollar defense system, he could use to stop it. One would think he would follow orders to the letter. Is that the case? Enter Norman Manetta, who witnessed with his own eyes as he testifies. Dick Cheney lies, unmolested plane in disguise. What Norm saw was scary. Mr. Cheney, do the plan still stand? Have you heard anything to the contrary? Mr. Cheney is a friend of freedom, you bet. Uh-huh. And I invented the internet. Such a stand-up guy, trust me, when he's on trial, the first question must be, it seems to me you didn't act that great, just what was that order that protected us, Dick? Hopefully by 
by now you've had a chance to read my letter to you 20 minutes with the president. And if not, at least had its contents brought to your attention. We have questions, Mr. President. Listen to all of them. Listen to all 52 with Sean Rath and me, Rath Friedman of Radblock.com, the guy you love to love. All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. I want to thank Jack so much for joining me tonight. It was nice to hear from him. I know a lot of you guys out there were probably very appreciative to hear from him. I know I was. It was a good surprise. It made me feel good to talk to Jack. To know I'm not that crazy anymore. Because he really points it all out perfectly, doesn't he? Uh, wanted a little different... Uh, little rejoined music to remember the fallen you know I, I I'd be damned if I could remember his name to be honest with you I know he died this past week I love the music maybe you shouldn't have did so many drugs Wyatt Whelan there you go Scott Whelan lay off the drugs brother so you'd still be here you know that's a big problem we have in this country right now is the the fact that Good drugs like marijuana are illegal, and you can't get them. But the ones that'll kill you, they promote those ones. Secretly, they promote them. They use them to finance their their terror attacks, their false flags, their wars. They use those wars to get the product to make it. Just smoke some weed and be happy. All right, anyway, let's get to some conversation on some topics. How's that sound? Some other things that we haven't really covered yet. Some things that, uh, you know, are off the beaten path. We talked about the, uh, oh, what was it that I read before Jack? Damn it, I forgot already. See how that works? I forget things very quickly. This one's been going around. I've been shared it multiple times by many different people. Non-confirmation, non-confirmation, Confirmidity, non-confirmidity, and free thinking now considered a mental illness. Okay. Is non-confirmidity and free thinking a mental illness? According to the newest editions of the DSM-IV, Diagnostic, Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, it certainly is. The manual identifies a new mental illness called Opposition Defiant Disorder, or ODD defined as an ongoing pattern of disobedient, hostile, and defiant behavior. Symptoms include questioning authority, negativity, defiance, argumentativeness, and being easily annoyed. (laughs) Well, I guess you all can figure out who might be in the category of having this this little issue. The DSM-IV, or 5, 4, 4, 4. 
uh, is the manual used by psychiatrists to diagnose mental illness. And with new each adi- with, with each new addition, there are scores of new mental illnesses. Are we becoming sicker? Is it getting harder to be mentally healthy? Authors of the DSM say that it's because they're better able to identify these illnesses today. Critics charge that it's because they have too much time on their hands, which I couldn't agree with that more. The great documentary, um, uh, I'll, I'll be playing it. I'll be doing Doc Day starting probably Thursday, so I'll be playing it. But it gets it gets into that a lot. Um, blah, 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 blah. New mental illness, new mental illnesses identified by the DSM include arrogance, narcissism, above average creativity, cynicism, and, and antisocial behavior. In the past, these words called personality traits, these words were called personality traits, but now they're diseases. And there are treatments available. Of course, big farmers gotta make sure you're docile and dumbed down, right? All of these, all of this is a symptom of our overdiagnosing and overmedicating culture. In the in the last fifty years, the DSM has gone from one hundred and thirty to three hundred and fifty seven mental illnesses. A majority of these illnesses afflict afflict children. Although the manual is an important diagnostic diagnostic tool for the physician psychiatric industry, it has also been responsible for social changes. The rise in ADD, bipolar disorder, and depression in children has become been largely because of the manuals identifying certain behaviors as symptoms. A Washington Post article observed that if Mozart were born today, he would be diagnosed with ADD and medicated into barren normality. According to the DSM, the diagnosis guidelines for identifying opposition-defiant disorder are for children, but adults can easily suffer from the disease. This should give any free-thinking American reason to worry. The Soviet Union used new mental illnesses for po- political repression. People who didn't accept the beliefs of the Communist Party developed a new type of schizophrenia. They suffered from the delusion of believing communism was wrong. They were isolated, forcefully medicated, and put through repressive therapy to bring them back to sanity. When the last edition of the DSM was published, identifying the symptoms of various mental illnesses in children, there was a jump in the diagnosis and medication of children. Imagine that. Problem we talk about all the time. Some states have laws that allow protective agencies to forcibly medicate and even make it a punishable crime to withhold medication. This paints a chilling picture for those of us who are nonconformists. Although the author of the manuals, although the authors of the manual claim no ulterior motive, but simply better diagnostics practices, the labeling of free thinking and nonconformity as mental illness has a lot of potential for abuse it can easily become a weapon in the arsenal of a representative st- of repressive state. And this is, you know, when, when we get in the argument of gun control and people with mental problems, should they be barred from having weapons? Well, th- the average person is going to say, well, of course they should. Of course people who have diagnosed mental issues should not be allowed to have a firearm. I wouldn't argue with that fact. But when they... 
when they are trying to make up new mental issues to cover almost everyone. I mean, literally, if they tried hard enough, they could diagnose every single one of us with some form of mental deficiency or mental issue or mental problem. Now, listen, I might be a little mental. I know a lot of people have told me I'm mental. I'm a little crazy. But I don't think I'm that level of crazy. I'm probably a positive good crazy. I mean, there are such things as positive good crazy, right? I mean, I believe there is. Do you believe there is? Do you think there's a positive good crazy? Because I would like to know if other people think like me. If other people think that there's a positive good crazy. But while we're talking about crazy, let's really talk about crazy. And how... uh, they'll use anything to try to to try to convince us that the world is ending because of global warming Speaking of Paris, uh, President Obama spoke about climate change in Paris earlier today. Let's just take a quick look at his, oh, good. his Great. remarks. What greater rejection of those who would tear down our world than marshalling our best efforts to save it? I liked that, that link of uh, the Paris attacks and terrorism to climate change and the so, chaos that it could wreak. Yeah, so in, it's very reasonable that the recent trouble in Paris is a result of climate change. This water shortage in Syria, there is a water shortage in Syria. This is fact-based. Um, small and medium farmers have abandoned their farms because there's not enough water, not enough rainfall. And especially the young people who have not grown up there, have not had their whole lives invested in living off the land. Young people have gone to the big cities looking for work. There's not enough work for everybody. So the disaffected youths, as we say, the young people who don't believe in the system, believe the system's failed, don't believe in the economy, get, are, are more easily engaged and more easily recruited by terrorist organizations. And then they end up partway around the world in Paris shooting people. So you can make a very reasonable argument that climate change is not that indirectly related to terrorism. Uh, It's related to terrorism. So this is just the start of things. The more we let this go on, the more trouble there's going to be. You can say, well, stamp out the terrorists. But if everybody's leaving their farms because of water shortages, that's a little... Bigger Not problem. to mention that a lot of the unrest across North Africa and in, in the Middle East was because of spiking food prices. Like as the drought hits, then food food commodities become more expensive. Exactly. People don't have enough money. They get more frustrated. They're more likely to topple governments. They're more likely to create a refugee exodus. And have it's trouble with cause and effect. So we in the United States are and Britain are the most responsible parties in leaving the world as it is. You can say China will be the most responsible. Okay, okay. China, India, okay, okay, okay. We'll make deals, we'll trade. Let's just be the leaders. Let's erect the wind turbines, uh, set up the solar concentrating uh, power system, set up the photovoltaics, invest in, uh, in basic research to improve solar panels so they become more efficient <clears throat> and uh, export those. Come on, everybody, we can do this. Uh, but wringing your hands denial and blaming other countries for a situation that we largely created is, I understand 
understand it. It's it's frustrating, but we can we can lead. We can lead. So wait, wait. What situation did we largely create? The the, the situation of ISIS that we created by financing and taking rulers out of power that were controlling these idiots, or is it the climate change that he's trying? I just can't even believe that that anybody, Bill Nye, the science guy, would would try to link climate change to the creation of of ISIS and and the creation of the continuation of killing from these people. I mean, is, is their agenda that strong that they have to push it that hard? I mean, really? Come on now. You know, and then on the other side of the thing, we're reading the global carbon uh, global carbon dioxide emissions stall for the second year in a row. But but science is warned that does not mean the world has reached its peak on carbon. Be afraid of carbon, the base of life. Be afraid of it. Global emissions of carbon dioxide this year have stalled for the second year in a row. But scientists have warned that this does not mean the world has reached peak carbon with greenhouse gases set to fall year on year. Latest figures on fossil fuel emissions for 2015 show for the first time during a period of global economic growth that the amount of carbon dioxide being pumped into the atmosphere has remained stable for two consecutive years. Well, we've continued to, and this is me now, we have continued to, you know, uh, require car makers to have better uh, gas mileage. And, and we've, we've for years and years and years have been pushing this thing. So to think that maybe if, if all that was the problem, maybe all the regulations and things that they pushed on us over the past 20 years have made a difference. And maybe we are reaching to a point where we're fixing it. Now, I, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just hypothesizing here, okay? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Latest figures on fossil fuel emission for 2015 show for the first time during a period of global... Oh, I read that. Scientists believe, however, that the unprecedented decline is almost entirely due to the economic slowdown in China. Yeah, that's what they said. Where do we get most of our products from? I mean, aren't most of our products... Do, do you really think there's an economic... Slow down in China. Have you stopped buying uh, smartphones or iPhones? iTablets or whatever the hell they're called. iPads. I mean, have you? Has this... I seem to see Americans consuming more and more than ever. I know the numbers are showing a little different, but I think people are still consuming more and more than ever. There's a lot more people consuming. Uh... Now, the world's single biggest emitter of greenhouse gas, China, which is likely to see a rapid return to growth in carbon emission as its energy-hungry economy picks up again. India and other developing nations are also expected to increase the amount of coal they burn in the coming years. This is likely to feed into the overall increase in the growth in global carbon emissions globally. And that's what it says. This is likely. I'm going to read it again so you all know I'm not crazy. This is likely to feed into an overall increase in the growth in global carbon emissions globally, making the current slowdown a trans transistory blip, the scientists said. Growth in global carbon emissions globally. Wouldn't global carbon emissions be globally? I, I'm just asking a question. I, I just... 
I'm a little confused by that statement. Maybe it's right. I don't know. But does it sound weird to you if you're talking about global carbon emissions when they increase globally? With two years of untypical emissions growth, it looks like the trajectory of global emissions might have changed temporarily, said professional Professor, whatever his name is, director of the Tyndall Center at the University of East Angeli, a lead author of the study presented at the Paris Conference on Climate Change. It is, in, it is unlikely that emissions have peaked for good. This is because energy needs, energy needs for growing economies still rely primarily on coal, and emissions decrease in some industries. Industrial countries are still modest at best. Global emissions need to decrease to near zero. Think about that for a second, folks. Global emissions need to to need to decrease to near zero to achieve climate stabilization. Now we've heard this before. It's not the first time we've heard that statement. I believe it was uh, Gates, who a couple of years ago came out with that exact same statement. So. How do you get the zero? Well, you can't eliminate wild animals. I mean, you can, but that would take a lot of work. You could eliminate cars, I guess, but is that really going to happen? Are the people that can afford to pay the cost of having it and the uh, offset taxes and things like that, could that be... uh, I don't know. I mean, just you can't get the zero is the point, of, or near zero is the point I'm saying without eliminating a large popul large amount of the population of the world, and that's really the only way to get it near zero. We are still emitting emitting massive amounts of CO2 annually, around 35 billion tons from fossil fuels and industry industry alone. There's still a long way to near zero emissions, she said. Carbon emissions for 2014 grew by just 0.6% compared to an average annual increase of between 2 and 3% since 2000. That's a pretty big reduction. Apart from a brief period of decline in 2009 explained by the worldwide economic recession leading to a fall in energy demand. So I continue. I I think we get the point here. They're going to try everything they can to continue to push this global warming BS. And God knows what else they're going to do as they do this. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Lockdown of uh, Kirtland Air Force Base caused by popping of bubble wrap. Oh, there's audio with this. Why don't we play that to see what it says? I, I find that this just in. It turns out the lockdown at Kirtland Air Force Base yesterday was caused by bubble wrap. According to a base spokesperson, someone heard three loud bangs and called 911. Investigators determined those loud noises came from someone popping some heavy-duty bubble wrap. Man, that's some heavy-duty bubble wrap, I must say. And it just goes with the pacification of America. Uh, I think if we went back to 1850... And and people met the average American, the average citizen. Now, 
it would be embarrassing. It would be really, really embarrassing. I think they would laugh at us. You know, go go to Back to the Future when he when he went back to the eighteen hundreds to to set, to rescue Doc. I don't think any of us would survive. I think if any one of us, even those of us that think we're great, that we know the survival skills, maybe there's a few that might survive. But I think the average American, the average citizen of the world today, wouldn't be able to survive. They wouldn't make it two weeks back then. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Generation Crybaby, why millennials are a fucking joke. <clears throat> We're raising a generation of pussies. There, I said it. When I was a junior in high school, I had the most amazing AP English teacher. Her name was Miss Weiss, White Wee. She prefaced the class by saying that she would grade us fairly and that these grades would not always be A's. I get that you enjoy that you and your parents all think you are you are special snowflakes, but I will grade you based on your writing. And if your parents email me and complain about these grades, I will ignore them. Now, Miss Wee was a little blunt for some. I freaked. I freaking adored the woman, and I don't know why anyone. I don't know anyone who didn't. But she brought up a good point. Millennials, your parents won't say it, and your peers won't say it because it seems every little thing it's is sending you all to therapists because you're just so victimized. But get the fuck over yourself. I won't even say pardon my French because you know what? Don't pardon it. I hope it offends you. Although, honestly, I could say just about anything and it would offend you because that's just how our generation is. Thank God I'm not a millennial. And this is just some of the backless rant Oh, no, it's backed by, oh, and this just isn't some backless rant. Oh, no, it's backed by psychology and science. Psychology Today has gathered information from colleges saying that teachers are essentially giving up and grading easier because they are afraid of students' emotional reactions. Are you freaking kidding me? Teachers are, are afraid to do their freaking jobs because you are so damn delicate. I was a camp counselor this summer, and the next generation is worse than ours. These kids are being raised on so much organic, special snowflake bullshit that they probably have a psychological breakdown the second someone tells them they're not as perfect perfect as they think they are, and it's nauseating. Newsflash, not every single criticism is an attack on your character. Sometimes... You just suck, and people tell you, so that so that you can improve. Not so you can go home sobbing about the world is unfair, and you're such a victim, and you're so depressed now. Now, I get college is stressful. I get life is stressful. And yes, words can hurt. But we have gotten to the point as a generation where people can't even make a joke without someone going all This is a cause now. Hashtag, this is a cause now. Please shut up. Most likely, you are not a victim. Everyone's being bullied at some point. Everyone's gotten a bad grade at some point. Everyone's been shit on and hurt and imperfect, 
imperfect at some point. I'm trying to figure out why she like shit she didn't spell out, but up there where she said fuck, she spelt that out. Uh, just a little confusing as you read it. Some are, you know, with the little asterisks and crap, and some are spelt out. But Rachel, everyone reacts and feels things differently. No, no, no. Shut up. Listen. Because if you're pissed off at this point in the article, you are exactly who I'm talking about. We are living a generation of Internet wars over used counseling centers and hold hand-holding, coddling BS. There used to be a time where two people could have different of opinion, difference of opinion, have an intellectual, educated conversation about it. Nowadays, two people have different, a difference of opinion, and all of a sudden it's World War frickin' three. People used to be able to tell jokes without four, three, two, seven, eight, five, two, seven, nine, five activist groups breathing down their throats. People used to be able to exist without offending someone. So here's a lollipop of an opinion. 99% of the time, people are just talking and are not going out of their way to offend you. People will make jokes. People will have difference of opinions from you. People will think how they think and be how they'll be. And most likely, it has nothing to freaking do with you. Example, I'm going to post this article, and some of you will disagree with it. Some of you may even voice an opinion about how heartless and batshit I am. Some of you will somehow twist this into a race or gender or whatever thing. Some of you may even comment or tell me these these opinions. And I won't be offended because that is your right, just like it's... Like, it's my right to say that I will not give a single fuck. There's your lollipop, so pucker up like a baby you are and suck on that. Side note, addressing some of the things that keep coming up in the comments, I do not, I do note that my complaining about complainers, errs, blah, blah, blah. All right, those are all additionals. So, it's... I think she spells it out well. I think everything she says there makes complete sense. And that is really what we've become here is is a nation of complainers and pussies and babies. And we're raising our children to be the same way and do the same things. And that's something we need to really think about a little harder. Think about it a little harder, guys. I thank you for joining me here on the First 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. I'll be back next week on Tuesday. Uh, see if I can line up a, a decent guest or maybe we'll just free fall. All right, guys, I love you. Be safe. Be human. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. Setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth What it takes But it takes a long time the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake When I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destiny
sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful The silent with the light show From a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home But right from day one, I've been in this alone With our stacked against, stop and drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Allie, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death this is a test, just a frequency check for intelligent life. Now it's time to connect. It's an SOS, the death's been sent. So now we just wait and hope for the best. With the sunset hung behind us and the universe to blind us from the moon, we'll watch the whole world explode. Moving free, unguided through the beautiful asylum with the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity
Just like God. 